The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this ch***ns me? No, 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 no! Everyone good? Hunky dory. No one says hunky dory. I say hunky dory. What does that mean? My grandma says hunky dory. Is that like what? Is, what is a hunky dory? Like a story I like that, a... that fish in Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. So is it like a really ripped uh, fish? Is it? Uh, it's is buff, it like a... buff Allen. <laughs> hey Siri, what does hunky dory mean? Gay shit. Hunky dory is an informal term. It means fine going well. Well, well thanks. There you go. We knew that. That's not that's not an etymology. This is an well, etymology. I don't know why people say this awful thing. Will we uh, get a DMCA <laughs> takedown notice for having Siri on the show? No. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Tranifesto, the only queer podcast rated cruelty free by the Furries as Friends Association of Albania. I am one of your hosts, Madeline Hops. Today, I am joined by. I'm Ree, but I'm actually a cake. But I'm disguised as Ree. God, I'm so tired of the cake shit already. Enough. I'm so over it. No more cake. Don't need to post about the cake. Is this a podcast? Is it a cake? You don't know. That one post genuinely made me concerned. Like I felt really anxious. So COVID's getting to people it. in very uncomfortable ways, apparently. Yeah, COVID's getting to me. Oh yeah, and who are you, by the way? As I'm we're doing Amy. introductions. Oh, there we go. I'm Amy, and I'm going stir crazy what's that sickness that like animals get when they're like locked inside like a cage zucosis zootopia yeah i have have zucosis there's also one other person also hi (laughs) i'm devil and i'm back again because i'm always here yeah you live here it's nice it's uh it's comfy listeners if you want to uh if you really want to just give yourself a night one time i got drunk and then googled the definition of the word zucosis and for the rest of the night i basically i became like a radical anarcho-primitivist yeah <laughs> so, maybe i should and i got very 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 <laughs> mad fighting against this so i'm just saying if you're like if you ever if you ever really want to sympathize with the unabomber just google the definition of the word zucosis <laughs> yeah truthfully um, i'm hanging up maybe on account of everyone going stir crazy um because of society i should finally get around to doing the unabomber episode i mean it would everyone be great. is dying for everyone's we, desperate everybody's for asking episode. for it it's uh yeah no it would uh, it would blow Can, up it uh it's let great. me know let me know in the comments <laughs> <laughs> do we have comments? Can you use your Patreon money to buy the, the confiscated Oh, we cabin? should if we can. Uh, uh, well, our comments section is actually a cake now, so uh, it's... Uh... <laughs> Damn. Oh. I should write a letter to the Unabomber. Do you think your reply is like, no, <laughs> About <Chomsky>? cakes? <laughs> Wait, didn't Chomsky get canceled recently about something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but he was in the letter. Oh, yeah, the, letter. the scarlet letter. D- he signed the letter. And then, incidentally, all of us also signed the letter. Yeah, we didn't about... read it. That's, yeah, I'm uh, that's sorry on about us. That. I just that's our bad. I just kind of wanted to have the attention. Um, I saw that the um, to Noam Chomsky's defense, I did see that like uh, it was the other Justin McElroy, the, the the Vancouver like just good times journalist Justin McElroy, posted mm-hmm. about how in high school he was editing his school paper and they no, had a, this con- was UBC. Like a d- 
or no, it was, it was UBC, and they had yeah. a debate about the um, about like Palestine and like Noam Chomsky like, sent an endorsement of one of the things when he clearly didn't even read what they like sent yeah, him. One of, okay. one of the student groups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Noam no just replies to whatever. Maybe yeah. we should have him yeah. on. He just wants to be we relevant. Can have him on. <laughs> Fine, they will sign this. Actually, I actually have no idea what he sounds like, so that's probably terrible. Um, anyways, uh, I thought that was the recording because it sounded so different, though, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, then, (laughs) you know what? I'll take it. Um, anyways, hey, um, so this week, uh, we're decided to go back and take a look and finish up uh, She-Ra, the Netflix She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Yeah, didn't we put out the... Especially considering, considering... Considering our last episode came out so late and like af- well after the last season had uh, Yeah, that come was out. embarrassing. That was vaguely yeah. embarrassing that we So we need to immediately do a sequel. Yeah, so we're going to follow up that success. Um so yeah, there has been a new season and we decided to kind of go over that season cuz it kind of wraps everything up. Um and we'd mm-hmm. like to take not just a look at Double Trouble this time. We would like to take a look at the series as a whole. Uh, because for those of you who aren't familiar, and we'll go over synopsis uh, briefly in a second, for those of you unfamiliar, the show is very queer. Uh, and uh, so because of that, there's a lot of themes to explore and the overall question of whether it's good representation. And that's what we hope to answer here tonight. So before we get started into that debate, who would like to do the brief, brief synopsis since we did this last week? So at the end of the last season, uh, so the main baddie of most of it has been Hordak, who is just the generic queer-coded sort of villain like who... Like incel, sad boy. Yeah, just a spooky, spooky incel. And then, like, at a certain point, they decided to make him an interesting character and then made him a total thought. Um, <laughs> and... But then it turns out that he's, like, a shitty clone of a bigger, badder Hordak who's just, like, a spooky white guy with dreadlocks. And... Horde Prime is kind of hot, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's vo- voiced by a person of color, and if anybody wants to tell me where the uh, cultural appropriation line of a white character with with white with dreadlocks Is being Hordak voiced by a person of color, too far in the looking glass. But but Horde Prime's like an alien. <laughs> or Horde Prime has like white skin. But Maybe they're tentacles. White? Like, Maybe does he benefit from whiteness? Well, he's also he's he, he's also a colonizer and demands cultural uh, <laughs> oh, no. homogeny. So can Grace have I think dreads? It counts. <laughs> anyways um right so he shows up kind of at the, at the end of last season uh glimmer gets uh, i almost said glinner uh glimmer <laughs> kept <laughs> yeah i don't know if you know this but graham linham is now writing for shira graham Lin- princess graham linham gets kidnapped <laughs> at the last last little bit um katra is working for him uh all of the other there's the Planets getting invaded by Hordak clones and bigger, better robots. Uh, lots of fighting. You know, they have to, all of the princesses have to, like, fight their way up to save uh, Glinner. And they, Glinner and Catra are having, you know, they're back and forth. And they save them. And then they have to use the uh, Heart of Etheria, which is, like, this whole sort of super powerful MacGuffin that's been thrown around the entire See, uh, show to defeat him and there's like a fail safe that might like destroy the entire planet but it'll destroy the thing so then Hordak can't use it to destroy the universe or take over or whatever he wants to do. It's Horde Prime. Hordak's Hordak's yeah, yeah, this yeah, time. Yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah so, so there's Hordak ends up being just turned back into a regular clone and then eventually they find him and disconnect him from the hive mind and he just becomes... Through the power like, friendship. He becomes just like yeah. a useless himbo. At that stage, <laughs> like 
Just kind of following everybody around. That's what he was destined to be, of course. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, Katra's whole... Katra and She-Ra's whole will they, won't they. Katra gets short hair after getting brainwashed, and the Hor- Hordak Prime is controlling brainwashed people. Brainwashed by the trans agenda. Yeah, brainwashed by the trans agenda, and Horde Prime's, like, putting these uh, 5G chips into everybody <laughs> to <laughs> control them. Um, so some of the princesses have it, so then more and more, pe- more and more people get it. We see not NB Icon double trouble for a minute, who appears as a incredibly femme-coded, as usual, like the only prince in the show and is like the most femme character, which I kind of love. And then it turns out to be Double Trouble, who is, you know, like we talked about on the last one, exclusively like disguising as femme-coded characters, yeah, which takes I, some of the steam out I of it. I would push back that, like, I think that is fine. No, it's fine. It, it's fine. But again, yeah, it's just like, like... That's just how Double Trouble likes to be. I guess it's just it's just something that we bitched about in the last yeah, one. Yeah, it, so. it was worth like just unpacking. But I, I you know, yeah. I think it's fine to have a non-binary character who's femme. It's just yeah, no, no, no. I hundred percent agree. It's just a larger context. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's so then they have to so then uh, she ran catchers. Will they? Won't they? Keep go keeps going. Uh, they end up having the big battle. Uh, they figure out how to get the chips off. They find more characters. They do some stuff. They have some battles, and then. Uh, there's... Adora, like, does the Heart of Etheria thing, right? Yeah, but then there's at least, like, three different, like, Adora can't do a thing, and then somebody's like, oh, no, and then I have to save my friends, and through the power of friendship, through the power of love, she was able to do the thing, which is... Yeah. One of my, one of my least favorite, uh, writing tools, especially, like, I mean, obviously, like, kind of kids' shows are the worst for it. It's very kids' show. It's very, very kid show, um, and they do it, like, like the three times in the show. She does do the Heart of Etheria thing. Like, it, she essentially, like, K-holes and just, like, trips balls, and, like, reality starts unraveling everywhere, and you can't really tell what the <laughs> fuck is going on. And she's just, like, floating through different spaces and realities, and I got really confused, and it was great. Oh, yeah. Isn't that like the part. third time that reality's broken in this show? Yeah, but it was definitely the most dramatic. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's, yeah, it's pretty trippy. Oh, yeah, they kiss. Like, it's like, oh, I love you. They and then, uh, yeah, they, love, they, they, but... they beat the bad guys, and all of the, everybody is dating everybody else, and yeah, it's fine. There's the giant orgy at the end, which was bold for yeah. a children's show, but, you know. Mm-hmm. You I bra- thought it was brave. Yeah, brave. The uh, the orgy. Yeah, if you type if you if you if you type in the uh, Konami code right at the very uh, <laughs> last scene, then it uh, takes you to the secret secret ending. Yeah. How do I type in the Konami code on my television remote? <laughs> Just smash your head against the screen. Um, so yeah. So basically, again, there's a longer synopsis. So if you want to, please go back to the episode before this one, and we give a more detailed breakdown of the whole universe. Or just like watch the show. Yeah, it's not. It's a fucking chill children's show so you can get up the premise of it pretty damn quickly um so that being said though as mentioned earlier we're not going to focus on one character this time we're going to focus on the overarching theme uh and to get us started as i believe we all have a couple different points we'd like to make uh amy i believe you had something in particular you wanted to discuss what <laughs> <laughs> did i as a tax toxic model um oh yeah i mean so Katra, um like, assuming that you know how the, like, you've seen the show, you know that the moral of the story is you just have to keep giving people chances, no matter how shitty they are, yeah, and no yeah. matter how much they Power refuse to... friendship is, is... Yeah, no matter how much they refuse to learn, and how much they're continuously shitty and manipulative to you, you just have to keep giving them chances, and eventually... Yeah, you just need to keep endlessly tolerating, 
like toxic, manipulative, abusive behavior forever. And eventually you'll fall in love with that person. And that fixes everything. And it's like normal and effective to have like an insane, like dismissive, insecure attachment style and like be ruthlessly, like, like ruthlessly belittle the person you are in love with and constantly like harass them and push try to push away their friends because not to mention the many counts of actual violence i don't think that was actually the lesson yeah an actual physical violence like it's a kid's show but god like i do worry about the lesson that some people will take away from that because like you know catra like I, i've met people like catra they're not you know you can't put up with that yeah, because well, part of the part of the show is that like the writer wanted them to get together from the beginning and, and kind of had to like keep writing in their tension without it being exp- specifically like stated to Netflix. So at the very end, they basically, even though apparently they were totally happy to do it, they had no choice but to give it this ending. But like real life doesn't have a writer saying that you and this person are going to get together, despite all of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I agree with the idea. I, I, but I also like I also think that part of the problem is that we're viewing it through the lens of adults. I agree with Amy with your point that like you know there's kids who could internalize the idea of just like oh you just have to forgive someone enough and eventually to become good people because that was kind of the whole thing of the show. By the end of it, the only there was only really one bad guy. Like, everyone had some weird kind of redemption arc to them, even, like, the worst people. And so I get the concern about that, but I think, like, one of the whole ideas was that, I think, and I think this was true for the original show as well, was the idea was friendship was magic. So I don't know if it was necessarily, I think it could have been one of those situations where the message of, you know, forgiveness or friendship being magic uh, got lost in the... uh, I get lost in the idea of a toxic relationship. Yeah, but I, I you know, I think they feed into each other. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think there are limitations to that moral. I think it can cause problems. I mean, Hordak, God, Hordak is like a literal, like, war criminal. Hordak did, like, like violated the Geneva Convention, like, 16 <laughs> times in the first three seasons. And now he's, like, a fun himbo who we hang out with. Well, yeah, and he has this sort of, like, Darth Vader moment right at the end where he, like, yeah. throws Hordak Prime, like, off and into the thing after being yeah. ordered to kill. Like, a very literal, like, Darth Vader moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, a, it was definitely an homage. Yeah, but also, you know, the idea is, like, with these kinds of shows is that everybody, especially when you create a good villain and you flesh them out... It's like you are, like the writer has a big incentive to redeem them so that they can like continue to have fun and continue to have a good life and stuff like that because they put all this work into them and because they have all these interesting character quirks. Yeah. Well, and it's a kid show. Yeah, which is again. And so you don't want to like really reckon with like the nuances of like crimes against humanity. Yes. <laughs> but it's, we don't need to have like a Nuremberg at the end where. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I was gonna say it's like does 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 Vader get to go back to being Anakin at the end? Like, does that is that? Okay? Well, Vader dies at the end, and that's that's. Well, the no, point. exactly, exactly. Or not, like, you need the, the the redeemed villain needs to also have some penance. You know, the redeemed villain needs to like still bite it. That's how you get out of having to really confront it. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, the show also does invite that kind of criticism because if we remember back to season one and to where it is now, the show did grow up with its audience. Um, so it's a lot more adult than it used to be back in the beginning, even though, it, you know, it did t- touch on some harder subjects. It was a lot more light and just everybody's happy and playing fun together. And then it ended up being genocide. 
So, you know, like, that's like, I mean, every good kid show is like that. Like, Avatar is like that. Clone Wars and, like, Rebel, Star Wars Rebels mm-hmm. are like that. Like, every mm-hmm. good kid show is like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like, all, I, I would agree with the idea of there, there being the toxic element in the relationships and, you know, the idea of eternal forgiveness. Even, like, some of the, I don't know, there's a couple relationships where it's kind of iffy. I mean, even the, the, that, the water princess and her fucking boyfriend guy i don't know what the thing their thing is fuck what's his name the the the, fuck the boy. captain uh, fuck boy see i'm like fully in love with him oh yeah and so i and i identify with um her the Marissa. most of, yeah for, yeah oh, of any of the characters because she's got she's like miserable and has a vocal fry and so i just have to like okay, that, that. <laughs> identify okay no i take it all back you're right you're right you're right um and i'm in love with him and so i'm okay with that ending but Alex was mad about that too. A lot of people have posted about how that was kind of annoying that they wind up together, even though he's very much been this like unwanted presence in her life for most of the show, constantly advancing without permission. Yeah, it's it's a weird. It's not. I wouldn't go so far as to call him an incel type, but there's certainly the idea of just like chasing your women around and begging them despite the fact that they've clearly shown they have no interest yeah um it's kind of like the whole it's like the it's the old idea of like well if he you know like the things that used to tell little boys and girls was just the idea is like oh if he's hitting you or pulling your hair or whatever it means he likes you like that kind of uh it's like an updated mm-hmm. version of that um but spe- if he see if he's saying she shanties at you he likes you well okay i well to be fair though i mean would any of us object to a you know, a guy coming up to us and proposing with sea shanties. I don't think anyone I would knows. be obsessed. Yeah, exactly. I would be literally uh, pregnant. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of the birth of villains... Wait, I wanted to say one thing about the Catra and Adora thing. The one criticism I have to like, it being a kid show is that the target age is when kids, in, at least in my experience, experience those kind of things, like jealous of other people's friends and like acting out on these like... Yeah. And I think it's actually... I don't want to, like, make a big deal of it because it is a kid's show and it's fine because we're adults and we realize it's wrong of it. But for kids, it's like, if you normalize things working out for that kind of behavior, I think it does set a dangerous precedent for abusive relationships. Because, like, Catcher was super abusive, acted a way that in no way anyone should put up with for that long like, like especially even just in this season, it was, oh, I, I need to be with you. Oh, I hate you. I need to leave. Why do you keep being around me? Oh, I want to, I, I, I'm still your friend. Oh, I fucking hate you. I'm leaving. Like why? Also, not to mention that Catra literally jumps off something to try and kill herself and then is saved well, by Adora. So I, like, I'm, st- I'm stealing this point from the uh, summary that I watched. It was like sarcastic summaries or something on YouTube. I can't remember. I'll- uh, but it was like the fact that death is redemption. So, and then like the rest of it is like, you know, coming out the other side being like, oh, I expected to die and have all of my sins resolved and now I'm still here, which is like, I think that that might be like a trope that was accidentally leaned to into. I don't think that, I don't know if that was necessarily explicit in the text, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was still like kind of like not a realistic thing like that's not something that somebody should ever strive for in real life because that's no. like yeah. not a healthy way to exist well the one counter like and i and i do agree with you devlin uh, but the one counterpoint i would say to that too is is that um when it comes to it definitely could set an unhealthy expectation for relationships but it's also the fact that like those kids who would be catra i guess in real life 
they could see their themselves in that character and maybe find a way to be a better person through that character and their follies. Yeah. Agreed. agreed. Or be validated. Yeah, agreed with the idea that they could have done it in a much better way and it absolutely could lead to a toxic idea. But if we imagine that this ki- if if we imagine the show and it does very much look like the creators try to come up with the idea of representation, you know, maybe we should think of Catra less as that uh, toxic relationship in terms of like the other side of it. But for Catra's character and the kids who watch it, maybe they are thinking now like, Oh man, you know, I can, I can like someone and still be their friends and I can be friends with their friends. And so for that kid watching she that. She does also become like, Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just saying for that kid watching it, it's just an important moment because then it maybe gives them a chance to reflect on that in their own life, yeah. which was what my understanding of like, you know, cartoons a lot of times try to do. That's yeah, fair. she she does also like definitely develop a healthier attachment style. Yeah. By the end, mm-hmm. you know, she does get less insecure about Adora's friends. Yeah, and you could also look at the characters too as uh, as an inside out scenario. Like if we look at if it's one child looking at multiple facets of their own personalities and relationships in the show with, through the other characters. I mean, I'm sure there's kids that watch that and be like, oh, I I'm such a catcher these times, or I'm such a this whatever this time. Um, you know, if we look at it like an inside out, all these characters are just reflective of different emotions, overly done, of course, but um, different mm-hmm. emotions that kids experience. And so in those moments, those children can experience kind of a, a um, like a, just a one emotion. Again, like inside out, all of, the, all of them were different characters, all of them played a part, um, but they were part of one child's psyche. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Anyways, this is just the theory. But... There is one thing that we should discuss, though, which is when it comes to the villains, the queer coding. And is it possible for queer coded villains to be queer in queer media? Yeah, because Horde Prime and Hordak are very, like, in a very classically Disney sense, like, very queer coded. I didn't get that from Yeah, I didn't get that from Hordak either. You keep saying this, but I didn't pick up on that. Okay, maybe less maybe less from Hordak. I mean, if you want to fuck Hordak, that's fine. That's okay. But I don't think that makes him queer. Okay, fair, fair enough. Like, I mean, very, like... But Horde, Horde Prime, like, you know, undoubtedly. Really? Like, I, in I, the... I, everyone on the show is clear-cutted. Yeah, but that's, that's what I was thinking. Because I, I was associating it with, like, you know, sort of like the Scar, like, mm-hmm. type of Disney villain. Horde Prime oh. definitely reminded me of Scar. Kind yeah, of like that. has this sort of flirty, kind of dark, theater kid affect. Mm-hmm. Calls yeah. everyone but, love kind of yeah thing. very yeah. very yeah okay, very very over the top very yeah. like oh I've just I've destroyed galaxies before you are even born you will never understand the greatness of <laughs> please my, like, come see that's... my one man show I'm performing this week the extravagant yeah. gay leader <laughs> yeah and like <laughs> I'm part of an improv group you should come see me and like yeah so queer coding's been something that I think is like a very complicated. Uh, very, it's a very complicated relationship with the queer community because, like, everybody is like, oh, well, Disney sure does like to make all of their villains like seem like drag queens and sometimes literally drag queens. But then, if Guy Fieri also, gets to like, play Ursula, though, that will be totally fine. I can't stop laughing to myself because I just thought of like that line from the end of Blade Runner, but in like a sassy gay voice. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah so like and like, and it's something that is like it's so so pervasive unless it's like a dark drama like typically like villain like a good over-the-top villain is sort is pulling from that disney heritage but then like so, and i think that's something that like uh definitely like horde prime 
Oh, Horde, I, yeah, Horde Prime definitely pulled from maybe less so some of the other villains throughout the show. Yeah. Um, except for, like, I mean, Double Trouble was a villain for at least half of the first season, so... Yeah, I mean... That's kind of... I, I agree with you. I, I think that just because the rest of the show was so flamboyantly gay, um, like, even uh, fucking was a bow. Even though Bo, mm-hmm. by all, in, all all my understanding, is is straight and, and you know, cishat in this, um, he was also very effeminate. Um, so, I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, it could get, like, lost in the thing. It's funny, because, like, when I saw it, I saw Hordak Prime as the most... Or Hordak, I guess, more than anything else. I saw him as, like, the only real masculine character in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was... But, like, even it he was, had... like, conventionally masculine. Yeah, and so, like, when Hordak Prime came along, I kind of superimposed that a little bit, and I would say that Hordak Prime was still more masculine than everybody else. Yeah, he's just punching yeah, I mean, everyone in the show is swipe-held. Yeah, like, if um, we think of the two, like, cishet guys, the two... Pro- or, I guess, the ones that show up the most... Well, with the exception of the dad, they're they're pretty effeminate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so- um, Glimmer's dad is kind of... Yeah, he he's, like, he's he's pretty much, like, like muscle man. Body. Yeah, even the I mean the two gay dads were pretty fucking gay, but you know. Yeah, yeah, but also, but then it's like, does that like what should the like queer community's relationship to that type of thing when there is this like established issue of like very queer like vibe characters exclusively being the villains when you have a show that is like maybe say let's say like by queer people or maybe for queer people. Yeah. Is it like how does it interact with that heritage? Like, can it just ignore it? Is it, it just is it owed to subvert it, or is it fine just to like have another like campy like you know I, I, theater kid I as think, the villain? I think it's like a combination of two things. I think number one, like a lot of the queer kids who are making cartoons nowadays are nostalgic for the cartoons that they grew up with, and whether mm-hmm. it's a good or bad thing, they grew up with those effeminate villains. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them kind of brought that with them but the second thing i would say is is that a queer coded villain isn't necessarily a bad thing in a vacuum um if we remove it from the social context of like the fact that it was always the gay villain it was always the effeminate villain um well and the the villain was like the only character that was allowed to be queer coded yeah and a lot of times it was about that villain like that villains the villains always seem to have this thing of like expressing themselves like being one of the few characters that was able to fully do so um, and so, like, I don't necessarily think, it, and, like, you know, this show is probably a good example mm-hmm. of that, which is that I didn't mind the queer coded villain. It, like, I, when I watch Lion King now, I can see it, and when I, uh, Ursula, and I can see it. Um, but when mm-hmm. I watched this, because of everything else that went there, it was more like a, it was like an aesthetic. Like, it worked with the aesthetic. Um, so, yeah. And the, yeah. Over, and, with the overall part of the, of the show. So, mm-hmm. if you took this and if you made like a queer coded villain, and like, I assume they're redoing He Man. I thought I read that somewhere. But if you queer coded that villain, and I'm going to assume that show won't be nearly as femme as this one. I hope it is. Well, I hope it is too. just to piss everybody off. He Man is the gayest. I want the, I want the backlash. Yeah, no, it would be. Of, like, gay He Man. Right? I want a gay um, Skeletor. See, oh, I'll, I'll just be I, I I'll just be sitting I'll just be sitting through the He-Man show just waiting them for for them to do the hey yeah. I was actually gonna say like Devlin have you not seen Skeletor versus Beastman rap Yes I have There we go That's the we don't talk about that is the greatest love that. story ever told Um <laughs> by Beastman Beastman What do you say <laughs> My, um... God I missed that I wonder um, if I could put that as I was gonna music. say. I was going to say, oh my god, don't, it's so bad. Um, 
Um, uh, I'm all up in this bitch. Uh, I was gonna say, in a universe where queerness is so normalized, it's just kind of like part of the world building to have a queer-coded villain. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thinking, too. Like, there's so, like, so many fucking gay characters in the show that it's not like having the villain be queer-coded has any kind of impact in my mind because it's not like it's not like you know the the show implies that being that way is somehow inherently bad or villainous or that yeah. you know that kind of where, whereas like yeah like it in a mo- like old school disney where the only characters that act like um i was gonna say fa- <laughs> um like having the only, <laughs> having the only characters that no, act no, it's, they're very they're that very are queer coded um is like villains that that's a problem because then you're creating this implication that that's like some sort of villainous way to be yeah and i mean like it's this, uh, it's like i guess the, the reason that it's okay in this show is like it's the car it's the queer carbon offset credit uh the the queer bin credit whereas there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of positive gay rep in this show so it's not necessarily like you're focusing on that one personality trait in the negative character um, yeah, like if if you if you have enough like boring gay characters, you're allowed to be a little bit homophobic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that like that gets to uh, that gets to something I think I've definitely said a lot of times is that yeah, queer representation like most of the problems with it is the fact that it exists in a vacuum, yeah. and that like yeah, a good a good campy villain is like in its own right great but like drag queens make great villains like that oh, is yeah. just a like that, that's just a that's just a, a fact well, but it's the just the fact that like yeah it's just the so theater. just when there are, when there are no gay heroes that's the problem it's not that there are gay villains it's that there are no gay heroes yeah and like and that was exactly what i was saying like in a vacuum there's nothing wrong with having a, a queer coded villain but because of the larger picture of society sometimes that could be an issue we live in a society but we live in a society we live in a society i hate it um, I hate it. In a society but but because of the rest of the show, we're okay. Like I, I view it as an okay thing to throw in there. Yes, it probably would have been better had they not made it so queer coded. But I mean, the show itself, the entire aesthetic of it was super femme. I mean, compared to everything else, I didn't really think of Horde Prime as all that queer coded. Exactly. That was no, that was no, my no. Point. I was that was li- my point. It literally it just reminded me of the Disney villains who have had that accusation thrown. Yeah, at it's, them. it's like it's it's because it, yeah. I was. It's not even. A, it's not even a complaint. It's just. A, it's just. A, yeah. You know, no. No. And it's fact of it. I think it's a valid question though. But like, it, like, I, 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 I guess it was just one of those times where I just didn't really see him too much until I really thought about it. And I guess that's because of the the strength of the rest of the show. Sassy theater Thanos when. Yeah. So there. So we touched on it originally when we were talking about the uh, toxic relationships. But in the end, uh, there is an actual full on on screen kiss uh, between Katra and Shira um, as they do profess their love for each other um, mm-hmm. at the zero hour mark. Um, and yeah, you, you love to see it. You do love to see it. According to the synopsis on this Wikipedia page, the power of love from that kiss is what helps them uh, destroy the weapon and I, kill Cord Prime in the end. I, I honestly thought for <laughs> a second, I thought for a second you're going to be like, yeah, the power of their really strong friendship. There's just like Sappho yeah. and friend. <laughs> Do you guys? Do you guys like? Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> no, Just no, the they're power they're, of love. They're they're cousins. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I it was nice to have an honest street kiss. I mean, one of the things yeah. that I have I have I was looking at was the impact of it, and that was actually what I was going to put out to you, all three of you, uh, which is just the uh, I 
when this uh, kiss came on screen, I'm not, and I'm not saying that I personally think that it is related to it in terms of significance, but if we think back to the fact that, uh, like, when there were things like uh, interracial kisses on television, um, I believe that was, happened in Star Trek. I believe it was Ohara. Uh, mm. At least she was one of the first uh, to uh, be like a main lead, uh, and she was African American. But this was in a kids' show, two women kissing. Um, and I know one of the first thoughts might go to Adventure Time, but I don't think Adventure Time was really for as this young an audience as this show was. Um, so would we say that this is a, as some of the critics have put out there, a monumentous occasion that there was actually that kind of rep um, between the main characters uh, in a kid show? I mean, I think the first like really prominent one in a kid, like, this age range was in Steven Universe of Ruby and Sapphire. Because that actually got Cartoon Network in a lot of hot water like four years ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think that? Yeah, uh, but this is a better show. <laughs> Debatable. Sure. Um, <laughs> Don't make me fight you. <laughs> um, but like, I guess the thing is, like, uh, and I mean, I'd have to pull up the numbers, but like, uh, was there a larger? I don't know. Was there a larger audience for this, and was this for a younger audience than uh, even uh, like Steven I- Universe? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know like how much like the target audience is versus the real audience versus how much they knew what their real audience was because everybody I know who watches this show is in their mid twenties to late twenties. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I actually tried watching it with Rain. She did not like it whatsoever. It was just, just like it was not a show that she enjoyed. She actually kept complaining about fucking uh, the, uh, Shira's hair, just calling it noodly shit. Um, so it's. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, it's fair. What if the no. show is actually aimed at our age group because we grew up with like Fox Kids, He Man, and She Ra? Yeah, and, I, and that could be it as well. I mean, it's uh, so I guess you know maybe it's it's less important in terms of the thing. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the the significance of the two main characters having an on screen kiss because my yeah. so my thoughts are like yes, I think it is good broadly. What what I found nice about this um, is that. See, that trope that, she, like, Katra and Adora fall into of, like, the childhood rivals who, like, are constantly, like, fighting and angry at each other and have this, like, tension. Um, it's it's a very common trope, and it's always been very, like, vaguely homoerotic. It's always, it, there's always been, like, the <laughs> implication of this to me. Like, I think of, like, Ash and Gary in Pokemon who absolutely should have fucked um, and I'm just, like, really glad that ultimately we are finally, like, able to fulfill the logical conclusion of that tension in a kid show. I, I actually was going to say uh, Jesse and James uh, was... Uh, no, but they were already screwing. No, no, because I was going to say they were the uh, they were the MTF FTM representation that I needed as a child. Oh, They're God, girlfriends. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, like it. There, there are certain tropes in it, but like I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting moment. I, I do. Yeah, agree. No, I, I do. I think it's good. Yeah, I do agree with the idea that I, I think a lot of the uh, press was a little overhyped on the significance of the kiss. Um, they also received. They were seriously overhyped too. Also on the theme song. Um, somebody in the Washington Post compared the theme song to Daredevil, The Crown, and Narcos. Which is the, da- okay. like the, 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 the okay. theme song, which is exclusively the worst part of the show. Yeah, I hate this it. This theme, like theme song is Fuck so you. fucking bad. Yeah, we can it's all agree. The worst. I really I think it's cute. I vibe to it every time. I just I cannot. It's so. And it is like it is whenever I say like 
whenever I feel like a melody feels unsatisfying and unresolved, like it is the perfect example of a like sequence of melodies that feel unsatisfying and unresolved. Yeah, it's like bad. they wrote three different choruses and then said that's it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, it's like it's like it's like they wrote three different pre-choruses and stuck them together. <laughs> But I think it nevertheless slaps. All right, that's fair. That's fair. You can't take that away from me. We we tolerate dissenting opinions here. So I guess by the end of it, like you said, not much more to discuss, but I think it would be important that we all kind of uh, give our final verdict on the fucking five seasons of She-Ra and what we think. Is it good queer rep? Is it good what? 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 I like it. Yeah? You know what? Despite my criticisms in the last episode about the nitpicky I'm a 28 year old person who watches cartoons <laughs> nerdness um, I think it's actually a really good rep and probably really important for kids so yeah I mean all, all of the bad parts are just kind of boring like like none of the bad parts have anything to do with the queerness and any like any like nitpicks that we do have with the representation are just because it exists in a vacuum and the fact that we can have like major Netflix shows that are you know, at parts just kind of fine and other parts really great means that we're going to get, we're going to start filling the vacuum and we're going to get more and more shows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's a, a huge net positive and it's a definitely a good show if you're into just kitschy girl power. Yeah. Um, cartoons. Hi, high femme cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I agree that it's actually probably, I would probably even take a step to say, like, it's important representation um, for kids. Like, it's, you know, it, it's it's probably not going to do much for for kids who are already aware of things like queer, uh, queer people and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, like, you know, it's, they're going to grow up with it. I, I don't know about y'all, but, like, when I grew up, there was none of this shit on TV. Like, we didn't really have anything like this. And, like, even to mention, like, you know, gay relationships in any media context was, like, cause for scandal. So it's, I mean, Cyber Six had a profound effect on me. Yeah, well, so <laughs> we Cyber Six, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get oh, to. Oh, it's such a it's a masterpiece. Um, but <laughs> but um, no, I think this is important because kids are gonna grow up with this and they're gonna look back at a time when it's okay. And I mean, like, it's nice to see the kids nowadays. And that makes me sound really old, but the kids nowadays, like, fucking just you know, they're rain's eight years old and experimenting with relationships and stuff like that and you know their kids play make-believe relationships but these kids will when they talk about them it's oh is he dating her or him it's very casual now there's no emphasis put on it which is very nice and which i enjoy and it's these shows are kind of a litmus test for this is where we've come to and it kind of it honestly warms my heart the show wasn't for me i don't really like it um it did have some funny moments i really did like uh scorpia um i liked her arc um but overall, like, you know, I think it's important and I'm glad I'm really glad it got made. I, I'm really glad it's there and it can be shown to kids at whim. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's a feel good femme show. So uh, Shira, if you like fucking Steven Universe ish stuff, I mean, you, I mean, you probably already know whether you like it or not just by the name. Uh, if you're interested, maybe go take a look at the first season, but know that it does grow with its audience. So, you know, you know have a go at it. It's Netflix. Go log into your ex's account and watch it. Um, so, anyways, I think that's pretty much it. I'm excited for the He-Man. I guess disgusting postmodern neo-Marxist propaganda oh that's destroying our, of course it is. destroying our children <laughs> the family, Western Mr. Peterson, how did you sneak onto this podcast? 
This is probably... I can't believe they've done this to the She-Ra show I grew up with in the 80s. Why does nobody have big breasts when, anymore? When I watched She-Ra, <laughs> she had big titties. God, have you, like, ever seen the original She-Ra designs? They're terrible. It's so bad. I mean, all cartoons from back then were terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, fight me on this. What's that red little wizard from He-Man called? Oh, is it Zero or O or something? gonna look this up real quick it's ben shapiro t- it's ben shapiro yes that's that's what it is Sh- or is it or- orco is that orco yes. yeah it's orco i want an extremely gay orco in the new, <laughs> in the new uh, series there's the rep i needed um fucking queer as fuck orco they're the non-binary champion right there is just a fucking little red wizard there thing. we go <laughs> and, they, and they better be a top just a just a hard mask <laughs> non-binary top that would be great <laughs> no 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 wait wait, wait. what if they make what if they make Orko like a super ripped buff gay guy? <laughs> <laughs> Just looks like it's from Muscle Beach. Like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure oh, fucking esque. No. Please, God, no. Alright, well, anyways, before any more of our erotic fan fiction leaks onto this podcast, uh, I'm Madeline Hops. I am at I am rabbit underscore is dead on Twitter and Twitch, and also now gender underscore clinic on Twitter. Yeah, you are the gender clinic. I am the gender clinic. Uh, it is open for business. I'm Ree Carter at Ree Ree Carter. Um, I'm uh, who fucking cares? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, uh, same. I'm Amy, Lavender Asher. Well, I'm. Yeah, just Amy. <laughs> I'm Devlin. Uh, Lionel and He Man are boyfriends. Um, <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Devlin Galloway, and you can also follow my podcast, Music Is Good, at Music Is Good Pod, and also you should listen to it, where I complain about albums. Yes, I think yes. I'll be on there. Sh- I'll be on there sometime but soon. But I thought as well. music was good. Sometime this week. Yeah, I'll be on there soon. So, uh, yeah, no, please. You should listen to our episode about Lulu, the worst fucking album that's ever existed. Oh, that's fair. I, I, I actually would put my money in on Garth Brooks Live, but okay. See, maybe you should. Garth maybe... Brooks Rules. This is a pro no, Garth Brooks no, podcast. No, no, shut the fuck up. I will cancel this goddamn show. I got friends in low I have, places. No, I have PTSD over that fucking guy. No, don't you fucking dare. I swear to fucking <laughs> God. But does Garth Brooks beat um, James Hetfield saying he is the table for four minutes straight? Wait. What? Have you never listened to Lou? I've not listened to Lou. No. Oh, it's the it's the uh, Metallica Lou Reed album. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, we're ending this here. All right, thank you all again for joining us. We'll see you all again in two weeks. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Bye.